quickest to the lot and i'd ride up right behind them and whack get that horse on the rear end and that horse would get going and then next thing you know this kid's going from go horsey go horsey go horsey to now they're holding on to the main screaming stop horsey stop (laughs) and i kind of feel trump as he's almost in that situation where his movement's getting away from him Mm, I see. And I see that. I see it's a real concern. I think people are looking for leadership. And, you know, with Trump, there's a lot good to be said. But we, you know, we're tired of going down the elevator. It's time to go up the elevator. I agree. And uh, so I like seeing what I am seeing, what's happening in the house right now that there's resistance to the establishment, uh, this whole uniparty. Personally, I think this is a great time to start a whole new political party and run I, both of them. I was just about to ask you about that. Do you? I was about to ask you, Marshall, do you think it's time to leave the left and right paradigm, finally, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party? Is it is it finally the day to break away from these groups? Well... You know, we have an answer from that. AOC, all right? She got together with her radical group. Right. And they were the tail that wagged the dog, right? Uh, To some degree, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what's happening is when you have a uniparty where everybody is trying to stay out of jail for what they stole so they could steal some more, and that's all they are. They're just thieves right. pretending to be whatever they are. But they're thieves. That's what their record says. Okay? They don't care. It's like, you know, they passed a bill, 4,000 pages, and they pass it sight unseen without question. I mean, people who have been bought and sold, that's what you do. You don't question it. You know, it's the narrative, the voice of authority. This is what you do, and you do it. Yeah. All right? But the people are waking up right now, and what they're understanding, what AOC showed us, is that when you have a gridlocked, corrupt Congress, you can have minority control. And that's what AOC proved, is the power of minority control. Gates and the other ones got 20 people, and more joining, they're up to five votes, and they can't get McCarthy in. My God, this guy loves humiliation. This is humiliating. Some people do, you know, some people are into that. And all, you know, Gates was saying, hey, all you have to do is give us the same thing the Democrats had when they went and tore into everybody. We want subpoena power. We want to be on these committees. And we want to be able to go out and clean, you know, drain the swamp. And that's not what Trump wants to do because he's with Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy does not want to drain the swamp. And he's backing a lame horse. And it's, 
and we don't know how it's all going to play out. Uh, Trump's going to vote in 24. I know that there's a lot of people absolutely going to pull the ticket, straight ticket, and they will they will go with Trump all the way. But there's enough soft edge in his base that I think if they sit down at the primary and they're looking at two candidates and they're looking at like a DeSantis running against Trump, something like that, they're looking at another candidate, how many of them are going to say, I like Trump, I voted for him twice, that's enough. How many are gonna say that? So uh, this is, everyone's taking a beating and you have, it's the people who have been silenced and abused are not taking it, they're fighting back. And what I think is amazing, one of the things I point out in my article over at YOWUSA.com, my fifth Meek article, is that there are patriot, the patriots are organizing. And they're organizing in a very interesting way. And uh, if you go to Yowza.com and you scroll down to the bottom of it, I have a, a video from a group called Red, White, and Blue Print, because this is something that's coming up, and it's really kind of cool, and it says where things are going. And this group, all right, is they are taking and going in a different direction. They're patriot militias. Last year, in, well, actually in 21, the number of militias doubled and it grew again as of the, uh, towards the end of last year, there are 500 patriot militias across the country right now. And everyone is, you know, militias, okay, the guys running around with assault rifles and pretending to take over things and violence and all that. They No, they're going in a different direction. <clears throat> the militias are organizing at the grassroots level in the counties. And what they want to do is get rid of the communists and get rid of the rhinos. And they're targeting county board of supervisors. That's where they're headed for first. And these militias are also, they support local law enforcement, all right? And they see their roles in a time of disaster to basically be a type of informal uh, auxiliary, if you will, in a regular auxiliary to the local law enforcement. So there's a lot of good things that are coming. I mean, this is <laughs> compare the beginning of 23 with the beginning of 21. Ooh. Oh, that was brutal, right? Right. Exactly. But now it's starting to come back and things are taking shape and it's going in a different direction. So I see Trump is he's he's paying a terrible political price for his support of the vaccine. And I think it's bigger than what he's saying. It is hitting because I can just look at the, you know, the 20 to 30 different people that I talked to. And I can tell you was before Trump came out and said, yeah, I know about your rights, but take the vaccine. All of them would march to hell for Trump. 
After he said that, they all said the same thing. Trump can go to hell. Right. Not, not anymore. People don't feel that way anymore. And Marshall, let me ask you this. Do you think he was being misled by medical experts and those in his administration? A man with that much money and that much competence, I, hired, I, I find it hard to believe. I could think that he's getting, if he, he said he took the vaccine, right. we know that there's different versions of it. There's yeah. the placebo, you know, so he probably got a saline jab. He didn't need the jab in the first place. He had recovered from it without a vaccine. So he had natural immunity, and so did the first lady. So then why all of a sudden did they take the vaccine when they already have natural immunity? It's like taking a brand-new Cadillac and trading it in for a Yugo. Right, that's true. You know, yes. Uh, it doesn't make sense. So it's these, you know, it's this, it's this game playing, and it's all of that. But it's coming. It's it's building. The great awareness is happening. The great awakening is happening in a huge extent. And I am seeing, yeah, one of the things I like to do is whatever I go, I always start conversations. And in this area where I live in a rural area, yeah, all you got to do is say, how's the weather? And you're still talking <laughs> 20 minutes later, right? Right. People just love to get together. Now, you're in the big cities, especially like a blue city, like a New York or something like that. And you say, how's the weather? They're going to look at you like, oh, you're in my bubble. Get out of my bubble. You know, they're going to freak out. Get lost. You know, who, you know, who are you to ask? I mean, it's just that kind of antagonism. Well, they'll say something much more devious than that, actually. They'll probably use some profanity. Yeah, they do. Probably to go uh, F yourself, maybe. Yeah. You know you how know. they are. <laughs> and, and it's in, um, it's in, I find that these people, you know, I'm in Maine. When I first got here, it was Southeast Harbor, Southwest Harbor, which mm -hmm. is opposite from Bar Harbor. Everybody knows about Bar Harbor. Sounds cold, by the way. Uh, it's cold. It's on the coast. It's a little better. Ah, but okay. I got news for you right now. I'm, today, I'm walking around in, you know, in, in a light sweater. Oh, okay. So it's not that bad. And it's the first week of January. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Everybody here that's been, you know, grown up here, they're going, whoa, this is really weird, you know, and a warm uh, winter, they're probably extremely mild yeah. weather. So it's a warm winter, in other words. Yeah, I see. Yeah, a very warm winter up here. Very, it's very pleasant. But, you know, it's like, why? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, people and they get what, what I'm pointing out in the article is that people are just especially uh, they're they're locked in and on both sides the lines are drawn and it's we're not going to neither side is going to peel away a significant number of the other side to to have the 81 percent uh margin of everybody going with you and that's what the alliance is looking for, because if it's less than 81 percent, we go into a kinetic civil war, in which event it would uh, the United States would probably balkanize and we could be invaded. It could, it could go south. It could happen. Fast. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, uh, you know, truly is, as the founding father said, united we stand, divided we fall. And so I can see where the alliance is wanting to, uh, to do it. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. The forefathers of this nation would be in such a bad mood if they were alive and seeing what the government has done, Big Pharma. I mean, the so-called health experts early on said that the vaccine was the magical cure, basically. They said you would not get COVID if you had the vaccine, that everything would be fine. And, you know, this was something that was heavily pushed by mainstream media. Celebrities were paid to promote it. Various networks took uh, they took the money gladly to advertise mm-hmm. Big Pharma's death jab. Our government paid news outlets $1 billion to promote these experimental shots. And Marshall, that's insane. That's ABC, CNN, NBC, MSN, LSD, and uh, Fox News. You know, they all happily took the money, uh, Marshall. So yeah. it's like, how do we even trust any of these people? I mean, I sure don't. No, we don't trust them. And... I see the nature of news is changing. Big time. Uh, It's huge. You know, I was with CNN in the 80s. Back then, CNN was amazing. It was an amazing place. I was a science feature producer. I would go into Atlanta four times a year. We'd work up all the story packages. We did them in blocks. I covered universities and colleges in Texas. And I was... It was an amazing place to be because at that time, CNN, and boy, they always made a point of saying it when I was there in Atlanta, say, hey, we're up against 50 other news outlets. We got to have the good stuff. You got to bring us good, solid stories to compete. And so there was a huge amount of competition. Now, the competition that was so amazing with the early days of CNN was destroyed actually by the Republican Party. And you were there when Ted Turner owned the company. Yeah. I used to go walk down the hall. I could see him in his office. That's crazy. You know, and uh, it was it was an amazing time. Remember yeah. back in the early days, they used to have that big plexiglass yeah. wall. A- absolutely. You see the reporters mm-hmm. in the bay back there. That was fun. I used to have to go into the bay sometime. Now, I was, how about a meeting room with espresso? Okay, that's me, right? Now, I got to go into the bay to talk to a producer. I hated it because I'd go in there and I would, my chest would tighten up. The tension was something else. The competition was amazing. Michael, it was amazing. Oh, I The bet. amount of competition, and you had to get a good story, and they were very critical. Now I look at CNN, and it's like watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's a joke. That's a joke. You know, they all sitting there mimicking the 4 a.m. talking points. Right. And, But they're not the only ones. And it was George Bush. It was the Bush family that did this to us. They're the ones that methodically removed, the Republicans methodically removed the anti-consolidation legislation that had been in place 
for a long time with the FCC, and it was why we had really we had much better news than in those days that we do now because it was designed to create competition. Competition is what gives you. You say, okay, we're going to have four companies control it. We're going to make a new rule. They make a new rule faster than they, you know, go poo-poo, okay? They got a new rule for every time they go poo-poo. How do you keep track of all this stuff? What works, you know, conservative means you go with what works, right? <laughs> you know, ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, yes. And now, uh, now there's no competition. They're, what they have is oligopoly with demographic uh, exclusives. So you have on one end Fox, all right, for the conservatives who are still in the 90s, all right. Then you have, you know, on the far left, you have MSNBC. What did you call it? LSD. I loved that. That was good. Oh, MSN LSD, right. yes. Yeah, that was great. I love that, Michael. And then you have CNN. They're kind of like the cream filling well, of an Oreo cookie. Well, hold right? on, Marshall. I have to retract and um, I have to clarify that statement. You know, saying MSN LSD, that would that that would it, that would be implying that it's such a great network it gets you high like acid. Um, but no, let, let's not devalue acid and its amazing properties. It's too good. It's too good to be comparing the two. I mean, I'm sorry about that. That was that was not a good comparison. Timothy Leary has not <laughs> left the room. Right. <laughs> yes, uh, of course. Uh, matter of fact, we have him here. The crowd to reject the traditional path to success. Turn on, tune in, drop out. I mean, drop out of high school, drop out of college. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Graduate school. Hindu chanting. Melted. He wanted you to drop out of everything. Yeah, he wanted you to stop participating. But think about it. How do we defeat them? We stop participating. Yeah, we start. Um, we stop giving them all our attention and all of our money. Yeah, yeah. And so it's going on. We don't know what it is. I mean, come on. We're like mushrooms. We live in the dark and eat compost, right? Pretty much. We're a fungus on this We're earth. fungus. Yeah, you know. But people are waking up. They are, though. You're right. And COVID helped a lot of people wake up. And, you know, it, it did help some people out there even start questioning all narratives, including 9-11, which, you know, it, it's my heart is, is singing. I'm so glad more people now are questioning the narrative. Even back then, Marshall, I was very young. I was questioning the narrative right away since day one. And I was basically look like, I was basically, uh, you know, meant to look like a piece of crap to um, mm -hmm. anyone that, you know, everyone out there that questioned the narrative, you would look 
they would try to make you feel like you're just such a scumbag for questioning the government. How dare you? You know, they, they were like that, if you remember, Marshall, back then. Yes, it's it's why I call them the stupids. Right, yes. Uh, because these people will, and this is what the CIA learned, is that, you know, most people will listen to a voice of authority, period. That's it. They just, you know, we're like pack animals, you know, tug us in a direction, we go that way. Right. Um, and then there's people that won't do that, all right? And the stupids are, they're going to do it, and they're going to keep doing it. I call them the stupids because that's what Q calls them, all right? And and he makes a point. They're stupid. Because anyone who lets a narrative eliminate any interest in trying to understand the world around you in your own terms and to do your own research, people that think like parrots, you can train a monkey to work a slot machine. That's true. They're you like, can. They're like monkeys working the slot machines and parroting the narrative. And they do that. I met a woman who was on the first, was great party. And we were sitting there talking, and I told her, I said, you know, I've been working with a doctor mm. who's a frontline doc who's been treating patients with ivermectin and HCQ since 2020. And she finally quit when the Supreme Court, in its wisdom, said, you got to take the jab if you want to be a doctor. She hung up her shingle and retired. All right. But she was in a, this doctor was in a large clinic and they wanted to fire her in the worst way possible. But the problem was all of her patients had full recoveries and walked out of the hospital without a problem. And everybody else was doing the Fauci protocol and their patients were dying left and right. I recall we had this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And so I was telling this one woman about it. She was definitely a normie, woke normie. Right. And I said, you know, she's been treating them. She treated with, for two years with hydroxychloroquine and um, ivermectin and never lost a patient. Very nice. Yes, I've been taking ivermectin myself. And that's what yeah. I did take when I did contract the COVID. And I'm, and I'm fine. That's right. Always good. Well, this... This woman, instead of saying, well, okay, tell me more, show me your evidence, let's let's have an intelligent conversation, she just said, well, you look like a nice fellow, and I don't want to embarrass you by correcting you, and she walked away. Ooh. And I didn't care, you know, because this is this, is this insanity that... People don't do it, and it's I, I don't understand it, because I remember Democrats the way they used to be. Oh, my God, they questioned everything. Well, that, that's the problem nowadays, Marshall. Everyone appeals to authority. You know, it's a, the classic fallacy that lots of people fall to. Unfortunately, you know, if it's on TV and they heard their favorite anchors say it, then it must be true. That's right. But it's, you know, everyone is everyone is really worried right now. Um, and you know how things are going to break. I'm not, I see how things are going to break. Yeah. Okay. They're breaking. And that's for sure. They're breaking. And the point here is, you know, in, in the article, I put up the proposition, the plan to save humanity in four words, let the stupids die. All right. Stop trying to save these people from themselves. 
let they made a choice all right let them find out what happens and this you know the stats are already coming out but you already have all the disclosure you look at what's coming out of twitter elon musk is uh, the amount of machiavellian manipulation and control our own government is destroying our constitutional rights it's you know this is there's a lot of insanity here now the twitter releases if you look at the mainstream media they just go oh, boring nobody's watching it you know it's just a bunch of cranks it's stupid they're making fun of it it's a clear cover-up yeah well you With know all the what files they're doing is they're, they know as long as they hold their base they control a solid 30 percent that's not going to budge and politically that's minority control. You got 30%, you have minority control, the way the system is set up right now. And they've got it. They're not going to relinquish it. But it's freshness dated, so to speak, because what's happening is there was a, and to illustrate it, there was a woman who is a recruiter, and she does real high-level executive-level stuff, uh, you know, for real high-value employees. And she specializes in what's called succession recruiting. And she's in Texas, and she works with the energy companies. I lived in Texas for 10 years. I've worked with a tremendous number of recruiters in the Silicon Valley for many years. I was an independent contractor, worked for all the big names, Oracle, AT&T, you name it. Uh, Sun, HP, Lockheed Martin did work for all these people. And recruiters are pretty interesting people. They go out there and they get things done. They get the business. They're very sharp. And this woman, I could tell she was a top gun recruiter. You know, they have the old saying in sales, 10% of your people are going to generate 90% of your business. All right. She was a 10%er. This girl could really generate. And... What she said was she's sitting down with these clients now and they are looking at their executives and they are looking at their high value employees and saying, okay, you know, we're going to have turn, we're going to have turnover. So, you know, what are we looking for turnover? Which positions most likely like guys, gals getting close to retirement? or maybe someone's looking to move or whatever. And so they have the usual reasons for succession so that if there's a vacancy in a high-value position, you have candidates that you can fill. You're not sitting there with it open for months and months while you're starting to pull up a pool of candidates. And that was her job for succession planning, was to make sure there would be plenty of candidates to fill those slots. And she said she's sitting there with her clients, these executives in these oil companies, and they're going through a list, compiled list of all of the names of the people who are executives and high value employees. And every one of them that shows vaccination, a positive vaccination status, they were checkmarking every one of those names for succession replacement within three years and here's the kicker he said they were crying as they did it hmm. physically actually crying i have a hard time believing that i don't they were crying 
they were crying because probably some of them found their own names on that list, but they're checking off the names of people they work with, socialize, attend weddings together, you know, work together, go on trips together. These are the people that they, you know, that are part of their circle of friends and coworkers. And that's why they're crying because they're looking at their whole network of friends and they're realizing these people are going to be dead. Well, Marshall, years. I got to be honest, you know, if my coworkers were going to be, you know, possibly dying, I, I wouldn't be crying exactly. But that, that's, that's just me, though. I'm just being kind of brash or crass, rather, um, <laughs> with my humor here. Uh, but yes, I could understand how some people would be sad if their coworkers were going to, you know, croak. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. yes. And, and I can see it because being in, you know, in contracting and when you're in large companies and there are, there's a company culture. Yeah, there's some good people that you end up They're working with. People. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And so uh, you have a lot of folks that just, you know, they're doing their job and trying to make things work. Right. And, but I think the enormity of it is why they started crying. If there was one or two or three or four, it's like, well, this is life. Yeah. People are going to die. But when you're looking through everybody who's jabbed is expected to die in three years. That's what they say. And we have been seeing people uh, dropping, though. Oh, yeah. And what's what's the mainstream media do? They come up with more exotic disease. You know, it's amazing. We have such an outbreak of incredibly rare and exotic diseases yeah. that are all happening all at the same time. Happy heart Who syndrome. It? Huh? Happy heart syndrome, it's called. One of them. Uh, Which is uh, insane. Uh, that was um, a soccer player had uh, collapsed not long ago and of course the nfl world appeared to come to a standstill monday night um, with a buffalo bills player damar um, collapsed on the the field damar hamlin yeah yeah see they, they had to perform the, cpr on him really they're they're shattered yeah cpr was performed on him for nine minutes by the way marshall nine minutes and then they had to do it again after they got him to the hospital Oof. And it stopped again. If this and you know the chances that this guy's gonna be a vegetable are pretty high right. Pretty now. high right now, yes. And he's still in critical condition. And you know they haven't mentioned if he was vaxxed or not. But I, I think I think we both have a suspicion, Marshall, that he for sure was vaxxed. He was. He was. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know we have all these suspicious deaths. And it's it's really unfortunate. Here is where I have to agree with Trump. The most evil people in the world right now is the media, because this is their job. This is what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to expose kind of things like this. When I was at CNN, I was a science feature producer. Man, I would have I did a lot of medical stories. I would have been all over something like this, like white on rice. Sure. Okay. I agree. And what happens? They don't talk about it. You know, Fox News, no better. I mean, and, and CNN doesn't have a science department anymore. Hasn't had one for probably 20 years. And uh, it was close to the uh, turn of the millennium when they just eliminated that and consolidated 
their science division in there. The reporting, the news reporting was really, really superb. I was, you know, I, again, I mean, now I'm ashamed to say that I am affiliated or worked with them. I really am. You know, people bring it up when they interviewed Marshall, former CNN. And it's like, oh, man, you know, that's kind of like an ex-wife. <laughs> like an ex-wife, an ex-bandmate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I need to change the bio. <laughs> Get rid of that. <laughs> but it was. It was a magnificent place. And that was a different time. Emphasis, that's okay. Time. It was a different time. And, uh, but now it's all, everything's propaganda because you've got four companies that control all the media. The consolidation, once there's consolidation, there's no more. That's it. They've set it up to way it works for them. But on the other hand, I am seeing how people are getting information now. And more and more people are coming to people, folks, just like you. Right. To interviews like this. And, you you know, let's, let, hey, you have folks that are on social media. They have larger audiences than the networks. Absolutely. And why do they have that? Because everyone knows the network is bullshit. That's right. That they're lying. That they're lying. They're manipulating. It's like, again, you know, when I was in Russia and the people were all, I say, hey, you know, I was interested. Who did you like most? Did you like Voice of America, BBC, um, Radio Free Europe? You know, who who did you go to for your news? And they said, uh, and I mentioned even Pravda and all of these. And they said during the, the Cold War, they would... They just treated everything as propaganda, and they looked for useful propaganda, information they could use. And their favorite was Voice of America. And they found Voice of America was yielded more useful information because of the way it was managed. It was a, a much better organization, whereas the other efforts were clearly intelligence agencies. By the way, for a moment there, I thought you were going to say they listened to Tokyo Rose. Ha! <laughs> they listen, you know, hey, during World War II, our our guys were listening to Tokyo Rose. Yeah. And um, they had a different, you know, the Tokyo Rose in Europe, they would listen to Lord Haha. Ha. Lord Haha, yeah. And, Damn, I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, Lord Haha, ha, by the way. <laughs> um, That's funny. He didn't, you know. He came to justice. It didn't go well for him. Right. And um, he didn't have, he didn't get the last laugh. Let me put it to you that way. Tokyo Rose, uh, she had a rough time, although she was uh, a captive and she worked with another gentleman and they were handling it for the Japanese and they convinced the Japanese not to have the real aggressive propaganda that the Nazis were using that a more lighter touch would be embraced better by the military. And it did. Their programming was more effective in that result because Tokyo Rose and this other man she worked with, they were trying to undermine the effort. It was an interesting story in what people do, but uh, we have a shift in where people are going for information you're looking at, you know, Rumble right now is really taking huge chomps out of YouTube. 
I used to be, you know, my I have two 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 channels on YouTube. I have Yao Books and the other one is Yowza. I will not post another video on YouTube because it's a scary place to be. It kind of is. It's very scary if you're a content developer because so what people don't understand out there in the audience is that, yeah, sometimes they'll retroactively go back into some of your old stuff and they'll use it against you. Right, yeah. But they really have to, you have to be heavily targeted for that. Where they really get you is anytime you do something new. Because anytime you do something new, now it's going to go through multiple steps of, you know, analysis and verification and whatever they're doing. And this is when they can say, nope, boom, we're going to, and they've got it down to, I mean, they can kill your video while it's still compiling. That's true. That's why you got to be really smart yeah. with the algorithm. You know, you got to throw it off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's playing around the algorithm. Uh, but the problem is, is that if you, if they want to trash you, that's when, whenever you do something new is an opportunity for them to trash you, to cancel you and to kill you, your, your channel. Because when you do something new, you're, you're inviting them to investigate whatever you're doing. And then they'll just come up with whatever they want to say. They've already decided they want to silence you. So you could go on YouTube and have the exact name of one of my videos and you won't find it in the Google search engine, all right? Because I'm shadow banned, hard banned that way. And still the same, you know, uh, I'm still getting traffic. You know, over the last couple of years, collectively, I picked up another million views. Oh, wow. And it's viral. That's pretty good. It's viral. Between the two channels, I have close to 20 million views to date. Wow. And that's pretty well gonna, with, with 20 million views to date, it was like you, you'd say, if you got something that good, logically, you're going to whip it like a rented mule. Right, Michael? I would say so. Yeah. You would. I would. You? Of course. Oh, hey, you know, make you know that it. bad boy bark. Right. Right. And I uh, knew because it's up there. It's a body of work. Represents 20 years of effort. If I do anything new, they could use that as a pretext to take everything down. And then nobody can find it. So the only way to ensure that my 20 years of work that I've done for people stays up there is not to do any more. Just let it set. That's it. Let it set. Because as long as it's getting views and whatever, they're not going to, you know, they want the traffic. They like the numbers. They like the ad revenue. They like the ad revenue. That they make off and, of you. You know, and if they're they're generating, I can't AdSense part of the suppression on me, AdSense, uh, you know, they canceled my account uh, because I had made a comment on Yowza, uh, and this was back in, <clears throat> this was in 21, and... I was uh, talking about the pedophilia and the human trafficking and all of that in an article and said, you know, God's judgment upon them will be heard through the voices of children. 
Oh, my God. They fell on me. It was started raining anvils. Really? Oh, that geez, bad, huh? They went after me. Yikes. They wrecked me. I mean, it was, it was when they crush you, when they want to come at you and crush you, boy, you really learn. Uh, you know, they have that power and they use it. Well, luckily, they haven't shut down your bank account, uh, Mr. Masters. Thank God. No, they haven't, but um, ESG, you know, I, I, what I would say to your listeners out there is here's something you might want to think about. I sure did, and I have made a change. Is that, uh, you know, with, I was with Wells Fargo. 25 years, all right? No problems, always great service. Uh, was with PayPal for about 15 years. Until? No problem. I'm pulling out of both of them because they're both woke, they're both ESG, and when you look at the amount of derivatives at Wells Fargo, they're, they're holding the fifth highest, all right? Like 11 trillion or something in derivatives. What people have to understand about derivatives and I mean, this is all casino stuff that the banks are doing. This is insane. Derivatives in a bank failure have front first money position. The derivatives must get whatever assets before anybody gets anything, including depositors. So what you could have with a bank that is holding derivatives is if you know, we're talking about the Great Reset, that they're trying to implement a new system so that they have to kill the old system. Who knows how it's going to go? But what could happen is that you don't have a bailout like we had in 2008, where we had to pay the banks that were too big to fail, who created the crisis, got reimbursed for it, and they were given plenty of money for fun and bonuses. And guess what? We could cheat the people, and we're all going to get our, you know, kung fu watches and everything. Uh, this is something where if the ESG hits, when it happens, all right, and the derivatives come in, if the derivatives hit, there is a crisis. It's going to not be a bailout. It's going to be a bail-in. And you are going to get a notice from your bank that says your savings your your balances whatever have been converted to bank stock you're holding stock now it's not stock that you could go trade on the market all right you're holding private box you know bank stock which is find a sucker to buy it from you and that's the way it goes in a bail-in they're going to take everybody's money because first money goes to the derivatives and first of all that's not really our money once we give them our money. It's their money now, essentially, yeah. which people fail to recognize now. You know, they could just uh, take all your money away anytime they want. Yeah, and people just don't understand it. And so, you know, remember when you heard Trump saying there are a lot of people not feeling the pain. They need to feel the pain before things will change. Right. Well, that's exactly what he's talking about is that these people who have all this financial security and all of that, all of a sudden, they find out their financial, that's it, their financial security is gone. That's right. right. You figure out that you don't really own anything in America. You don't own anything. And then ESG kicks in. When ESG kicks in, what will happen is one day you're going to wake up and find out that your 
fiat currency is now digital currency and that the government has the it's it's going to be smart money so if you're not playing nice and following the narrative all of a sudden you can't buy gasoline you can't do anything you can't do anything one of the first things they'll do you can't buy ammunition but people say fine we'll go to a cash economy they will outlaw fiat currency printed currency doesn't matter you hold coin you hold paper once ESP comes in...